find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. This is Anthony William. You're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information out there. That's 10, 20, 30 years ahead of science and research. And get this, of course, before science and research, too. And what I mean by that is things that I've discovered in the past, of course, through spirit, giving information about chronic illness and disease, surfaces years later, some of it. But they still manage to mess it up. That's for sure. They always do. For instance, I've been saying for decades, decades, the Epstein-Barr virus is responsible for fibromyalgia, for, for, for lupus, for multiple sclerosis, for so many other things, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and so many more. And then what do they do decades later after we caused such a stir and I got the information out there and I got the truth out there, which is really hard for the industries to handle because the truth basically showcases some serious crap going on behind the scenes. And because of that, what happens, then information comes out later like, oh, Epstein-Barr is linked to these diseases. Don't get fooled by that. They're still trying to blame it on genes, and they're still trying to blame it on something else instead of the Epstein-Barr. They're trying to trick you, making, it feel, making you feel like, oh, something's been discovered when it really hasn't. We're always ahead of time. We always were before. We still are. But today's show, today's show is about growing your own food. So that's what we're talking about today. So this is going to be fun. Growing your own food. Have you grown anything yourself at all? I got a lot of good ideas here. <laughs> I got some experience too. I got some experience about growing my own food. I've, I've, I've uh, succeeded in growing my own food. I've failed growing my own food. I've, I've done all kinds of great things growing my own food. <laughs> so what are you going to you know, So I got a lot of experience of trying to grow different things in different climates and different ways and battling the frost and battling freezes and battling this and battling that. I've tried all kinds of great stuff. But this show is going to be really cool because we're going to talk about what happens when you grow your own food. Okay, maybe you can't grow anything. Maybe you're in a situation where you're, you're living in an apartment somewhere. You can't grow anything. You don't have a, a piece of uh, like a little you don't have a like 10 by 10 foot piece of land to to just plant uh five tomatoes in you know some people don't have that a lot of people have a little tiny yard where it's a really small yard and they can grow something and they can plant one fruit tree uh other people have bigger yards I've, i mean i know some friends that i mean they got so much land i'm like hey can i take some <laughs> can i borrow some and you know and they got so much land that they could plant anything it's crazy what you can plant and um, and it's really fun too. But but there's but but it's more than just all of that in this show because we're talking about when you grow your own food, what happens to that food item, that fruit you're growing, that vegetable you're growing. What happens is it's grown for you. It's actually grown for what's wrong with you. Then we're going to be going deep into that. How cool is that? That means when you're growing something. You're growing a tomato plant. That tomato plant, when you're around it and you touch it and you're pruning it or, you know, taking the little suckers off the plant and you're whatever you want to do with your tomato plant, when you're doing that, that tomato plant is reading you. It's reading your body. It's reading your organs. It's reading your blood. It's reading you better than anything can read you. It knows more about you than your best friend does. Maybe it doesn't know, you know, what happened during prom night. Maybe it doesn't know what happened during, 
you know, your baby shower. Maybe it doesn't know, you know, how many people were at your wedding. Maybe it doesn't know about at one time where you swam across a lake. Maybe it doesn't know about that get-together you had with all your friends and family, and it was the greatest night ever. And maybe it doesn't know about the breakups you've had and the hardships you've had and anything else and friends, you know, betraying or backstabbing you or, or hardship or career change or whatever it is or struggle or a loss of a loved one. Maybe it doesn't know about all those, but it knows about what's happening to the body when things happen to us. It knows when something good happens to us. It knows when we've gone, you know, we've had the best, you know, night out dancing. You know, it knows when we've had a a good time. It knows when we've been experiencing a little bit of love or we're feeling a little love. Meaning, maybe it doesn't know about all these kinds of things, but it knows that the body is definitely feeling something. So your tomato plant knows your history too as well. A tomato plant knows your history as well. I'm focused on tomato plant for a minute. I'll tell you why. Growing tomatoes is so powerful, so amazing, so awesome. 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 <laughs> it's it, that incredible for you. Growing your tomatoes is that amazing for you. And don't be afraid of tomatoes. I know the lectin fear that came out. I know the nightshade fear. It's all wrong. I'm telling you now, you're going to cheat yourself out of one of the most healing foods, one of the most amazing foods out there. And if you've been, if you've gotten, you know, like a symptom from a tomato because it was on a pizza, but you blame the tomato instead of the cheese and the bad defunct oil, rancid oil, and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the wheat crust, the gluten crust, and you didn't blame that, but you blame the tomato. Then you cheated yourself. You're getting cheated out of something that's so amazing for you. And the same thing if you if you blame the tomato and something else, you know. And so you can't. The, the tomato is really good for us in so many ways. And so when you're growing a tomato plant, I'm going right into. We're going to cover so much in this episode. It's going to be unbelievable, unbelievable. And that's what's exciting. I can't wait. So when you grow your tomato. What happens is that the tomato's reading what's happening in your life in the moment, like you're, what, you're, what you're feeling. If you're down, if you've just been hurt emotionally, that tomato plant, and when you go up to it and you grow it, when you're touching that tomato leaf, it's going to know. So it's going to start altering its growth in a way to support you. It's going to increase certain chemical functions that are in the plant that are going to go to the tomato. It's going to adapt to what the heck is going on in your life. Say you got a tumor growing. Say you got a cyst growing on your thyroid. Say you got an adrenal tumor growing. Say you got uh, maybe you got a, a shingles virus, which nobody knows about, that ends up in the lower back and gets all the spine inflamed and sciatica. I mean, it's, it's all information you guys know from me, but nobody knows that out there. It doesn't exist out there otherwise. That's advanced information. Um, say you got a shingles virus. Say you got say you got trigeminal neuralgia, which is a shingle virus. Say you got that. Say you got Bell's palsy, which is a shingles virus. Say you got uh, neuropathy, whether you're a diabetic or not. That's shingles virus. That's a shingles virus. Neuropathy with a diabetic is just a diabetic with, with the shingles virus causing neuropathy. A person without diabetes, which there are more people with neuropathy that don't have diabetes, is a person without diabetes 
with neuropathy. So what if you had all these different things, aches, pains, tingles, numbness, blurry eyes, brain fog, Epstein-Barr virus causing all this chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia? What if you had lupus, which is still not even understood by research and science? Unbelievable. Hashimoto's isn't understood by research and science. Get my thyroid healing book. If you can't afford a book, get, go to the library and get the books and get the books. It's really important. It's really important. So, um, so what happens is that when, the, when you've got something like Hashimoto's thyroiditis or whatever it is, and you go, and you go uh, right up to your tomato plant, something magical happens. Tomato plant starts reading you. It starts reading you. What's wrong with you? Low blood pressure, high blood pressure, liver problems, liver stagnancy, fatty liver. Yeah, tomatoes help get rid of a fatty liver. Unbelievable. <laughs> But hey, no, let's just come up with a new BS thing all about how tomatoes are bad for you. Let's just come up with a new thing like that. And oh, yeah, let's hang our hat on it because, oh, it's all we got going for ourselves. Let's blame it on something. Let's blame it on a lectin or something stupid like that. Unbelievable. You know, when you make progress, you make progress. You get people eating tomatoes again. I spent the last 30 years getting people to eat tomatoes again so they could change their lives. And right when you're like... I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. You know that song? I'm winning, right? Right when I'm winning. And then, boom, you know, it's like, I'm losing again, or whatever that song goes. I'm losing again. You know, because some, some dummy wants to hang their hat on how tomatoes are bad because they don't, they don't know what causes chronic illness. So you may as well just blame some theory of, of, of nightshades being the problem. Unbelievable. It's almost, it's, uh, it's demented, actually. So the whole point, <laughs> it's, the whole point, is this tomatoes that amazing for you? You grow a tomato once in your lifetime. It can help you. You grow a tomato once a year. You grow a tomato whenever you can. Cherry tomatoes, different kind of tomatoes. Sun gold, that's the one I like. I love to grow sun golds. Oh, my God. Sun gold tomatoes are absolutely incredible. I'm telling you right now, incredible. You can't get around it. They're that great. They're that awesome. So sun golds are that amazing. So I love that. I love that completely. It's a big time. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. And then, you know, we can grow, we can grow other things too in the tomato fa- family. We can grow, you know, so many different varieties of heirloom tomatoes. We don't have to just grow the beefsteak tomato. But let's talk about what it does. Let's talk about what it does. So you walk up to your tomato plant and it's growing. You're touching it. You're watering it. It's around you. You're around it. And you got something wrong with you. Hormone imbalance whatever it is, meaning like adrenals imbalancing. They're, those are the hormone central. That's really the hormone central, by the way, okay? Say there's something going on that. Or say you got like PCOS. So you got a cyst on the ovary. So you got a fluid-filled cyst on the ovary. So you got calcifications in the breast. Say you got anything, whatever's going on. Say you got a brain tumor. Say you got an aneurysm. Say you got like uh, um, say you got a, a heart issue, whatever it is or a symptom of some kind, even hair loss. So you got anything. The tomato plant knows. It knows. And it starts to alter the food you're growing. It starts to alter it for your condition, your symptom. For your condition and your symptom. It starts to do that. So that when that tomato's ready and you pluck that tomato off the plant and you're going to eat that tomato, there's medicine. Medicine in that tomato. There's medicine in that tomato. No joke. There's some serious medicine in that tomato. That's real plant medicine. 
don't get confused with fake plant medicine. Because there's a lot of people out there with this fake plant medicine. This is real plant medicine. That tomato plant, okay, has antioxidants in it. That's, that's, the antioxidants build up into the tomato itself, get delivered into the tomato to help with your aging process, your illness, your disease, your condition of any kind. That's the power of growing your own food. Now, mass-produced food, organic, whatever, and that's the way you get the organic mass-produced food. That's a great option. And it still has powers. It still has powers. It does. It has powers enough to adjust to you a little bit. Not a lot if, if you were growing it, considered if you were growing it. But it can adjust to you a little bit where you're sitting and sit. Your tomatoes are all sitting on the counter. You got a tomato. You got your tomatoes from a farm. You got it at the store, health food store, or they came from some organic farm or a conventional farm at that or whatever. And uh, be careful though with tomatoes. Make sure you get to when you buy conventional tomatoes. Make sure there's a three in front of that number, a three. That means it's conventional and not GMO. It's not GMO. So you'll see a number, like four numbers, five numbers, or three numbers. I forget how many numbers now. I don't look anymore. But you'll forget how many, you'll, you'll see how many numbers are on the, the label, the tag on the tomato. And you'll see the numbers. If you see a three in front of it, convent, that means it's conventional. That, that it doesn't mean it's organic, but it means it's conventional, which is fine if that's what we got to do. But it's also not GMO because it's a three. So that's what you want to do. That's what you want to look for. So you get your tomatoes, you put them on the counter at home or in the fridge, and you're going into your fridge in and out of it, or you take your tomato out, you hold your tomato, you have it on the counter, whatever it is, and the tomato's adjusting a little bit. It doesn't have the power to adjust to the degree of when it was on the plant, and the plant was growing for you, growing it for you. Still has a little power. That's the power. That's amazing. It's, and it has everything. It has nutrients, minerals, vitamins, phytochemicals, all kinds of different chemical compounds, undiscovered, not discovered, whatever. But research and science, which don't even know anything about food at this point, don't let research and science pretend. Let don't let them get away with pretending they know what's in food yet, because they don't. They don't. They don't know what's in food. They don't even know what happens when food enters your stomach. They still don't know till this day. There's a lot of theories. Some kind of enzyme, digestion breakdown, some absorption, some assimilation, something happens, some gastric juices do their thing, you know, well, some proteins get separated, protein, protein, whatever, and, and this whole thing is all th theoretical. It's all theory. It's all theory. Hypothesis. It's all theory. So, you know, you have to, you have to know that. So, but we have to take control over our food and what we're putting in us because then we have to know the special powers food does have and to the degree it has it and how nobody knows that out there yet. So, okay, you can grow some tomatoes. I talked about that. How do you grow tomatoes? You could just buy them. You can buy them when it's time. You can plant them to, from seed. You can, you know, try to get them out in time in the pots. If you plant them, you can plant them early by seed in the little tiny trays. And then when they get a little big enough, you can... You can plant them in a pot, put them outside when the, when, when the temperature's right and the right type of season, all of that. You can feed it a little bit of an organic fertilizer. You can pick that up easily at the store. It doesn't have to be complicated. You could also get a mineral solution and put it in a spray bottle and dilute it with water. Then get a mineral, a seed mineral solution, 
There's a bunch of them out there, good ones. And you can spray some sprays on the plant. You can spray the soil a little bit so they get super mineralized. But you'll still need a little bit of fertilizer, some good potting soil, maybe a little bit of compost. You'll still need all that. And there's a lot of different mixes out there, and there's things you can do. And if you can't get a hold of anything, get a conventional mix. Okay, fine. Don't get a conventional fertilizer, but get a conventional mix. And look for an organic fertilizer. And that's great. They put a little bit around it. You water it every other day, depending on the heat and what's going on and the weather. And then you watch your tomatoes grow. It's amazing. But there's a lot more you can do than that. Now, I was talking about how food grows for us. It senses our illnesses, it senses our diseases, it senses our mental stuff, senses the mental pressure we're under, it senses a lot of things, this is incredible. It's not just the tomatoes, it's all food grown. So if you get a little garden patch or you get, you know, you... You can find a you know you can find a, a neighborhood garden patch cooperative. You can go to you know you can go to a farm pick. You can pick things at a farm. You can go to a farmer's market and just grab food from farmer's market. That's actually even that's that's even incredible because the food is it just got picked out of the farm. It still it still has its memory to what it was attached to in its roots. So you get it early enough like that, and it's not in the store for five days, and you get it right at the farmer's market. Then it has more possibility to alter itself for your illnesses, for your diseases, for your conditions, for your symptoms, and that alone is incredible. That's incredible. Seriously, it really is. How amazing is that? So it's something to think about. Something to truly think about. So, And then here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, every food that you grow, so if you grow some lettuce, you can grow some spinach, you can grow um, zucchinis. So what are easy things to grow? Easy things that don't take much. Zucchinis, crookneck squash, yellow squash, and zucchinis are so fun to grow. They're easy to grow, and they're fun to grow. Green beans are fun to grow, easy to grow. That's an amazing, that's an amazing one to do. These are just the easy stuff, the fun stuff. Radishes. If you want a miracle food, I talk about in life-changing foods. If you don't have my life-changing foods book so you can look up radishes, please get it. Please get it. Radishes are so powerful, so healing. I mean, what they can do for you. Purple radishes are my favorite personally. The round purple radishes, you can grow them so easily. You can grow them three times in a season. In a season. And that's in a place where there's winter. And I mean real winter. I come from way up north. Not up north, way up north. Season's really short. That's where I come from. Got a couple of months of, of, of sun if you're lucky in the summertime, basically like the summertime is August. No, I'm wrong. That's when fall comes where I come from. So, you know, summertime is July and July. July and July. About that. Anyway, even with that, you can get enough radishes in the ground. Well, you know, you can't get three seasons with radishes. Like, but you can get two almost. If radishes grow really quick. You water them and take care of them. You know, you have a little garden bed going. The purple ones, the red ones, I like the purple ones best. They're actually even more medicinal, more powerful, even though the red ones are amazing. You eat one radish that you grew. Wow. OMG. That radish is changing itself into a super radish, 
a superhero, a superhero radish. It knows your hardships. It knows any illnesses inside of you. It creates or alters itself to fight the illness or symptom you have within you. So say you can only grow radishes once every five years. Whatever it is, it's worth it. And it matters. Plus, all the elevated biotics on the food, which I'm going to talk about. I was the first and only person. And I say first, meaning because no, and no one's even been the second. No one's ever said, hey, you know, and, and come out. It's, it's, this is spirit's information is the elevated biotics, microorganisms that are on the out that are on the radish green, right on the radish green, which brings me to the next most powerful part of the radish is the radish greens. When you grow them yourselves, you get these fresh, beautiful green radish greens, incredible to make a salad out of. You can put it in a nori roll, put some avocado in there, a little avocado, you know, gets the, you know, if you want to have some fun, get a little coconut amino acid or something like that for fun. If you want to, you want to put cucumber slices in there and celery slices and put tomato in there with everything, you can roll it up, put some radishes in there, whatever you want to do. But the deal is, and you can put the radish greens in there, the deal is that this is really, really powerful. The greens are life-changing, and they really adapt, along with the radish itself, to what's going on in your body, what kind of ailments you have, what kind of diseases. It really heals the liver. Check out my liver rescue book as soon as you can. Um, I think you're going to be blown away. It's a massive book. I put information in there that's so, so ahead of science that, I just think science is going to hate me at this point, absolutely hate me for doing it, but I just got to do it. And, but, you know, when, you, when you're growing your own radishes like this, the elevated biotics, the microorganisms I was talking about, sit on the radish leaves and even sit on that radish. Even if you just gently rinse that radish off, you pull it out of the ground and you gently rinse it off, it's going to still have those elevated biotics. Microorganisms that are on top of the radish that are around the radish, that are on the greens, that are on kale. Kale's an easy one to grow. I, the, I, look, I've tried to grow a lot of hard stuff. I've grown like the, oh, a ton of different kinds of greens, wild greens, everything under the sun. But I've also, I also like, you know, some years I'm just like, ah, I can't, I can't. I don't have time. There's nothing I can do. I've gone years where I don't even grow a thing. Maybe I just rely on a fruit tree. I rely on a mulberry tree or you know, a wild blueberry plant. But there's but there's some there's some years where I can, you know, I can I can do I could say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna try to plant a garden. Silly me, right? Foolish me though. And then you know, and then I, I get into it, I'm doing it and then I end up getting busy and everything doesn't get watered. That's another thing you gotta make sure you water. And I say silly me because next thing you know I don't water everything. And everything's kind of growing kind of slow and choppy. And you gotta water it, you gotta feed you gotta feed your um your um, soil, you got to feed your fruits and vegetables. I like seaweed fertilizer, seaweed solutions. That's my favorite for mineralizing, really, really mineralizing the food is seaweed. I love that. That's, that's my favorite, actually, for, 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 for the garden, and that's something you should do and consider, too. Along with the, you know, the mineral solutions, I like to also dilute and water and spray on the plants, spray on my tomato plants, spray on my kale plants as I'm growing it, spray on my radish plants. How cool is that? So what are some easy things to grow? What do I like to grow? I like growing dandelion greens, but I also like picking them wild too and eating the greens wild. They're so bitter, but a few of them go a long way. 
You can grow those really easy. I love the kale. So simple to grow. It's just too fun. Spinach is a little tougher to grow, and I bet you some of you guys have already grown spinach. You probably grow the best spinach plants, and you're probably like, ha, 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 the medical medium has a hard time growing his spinach. But it needs a little extra care, and I don't think I give the spinach the care it needs. I've grown some, don't get me wrong, I've grown some amazing varieties of spinach, but I know other people can grow it better than me. They give it more care, more loving, more tender, loving care. I get busy. I got to get the books done. I got to write, write, write. I just, you know, so I, I have to forget about the garden. But anything you can grow. So the tomato plants are really fun to grow. I love that. Now, here's another one, cucumbers. So not only can you do the crookneck squash and the yellow squash and the, um, and, the, and the zucchini, cucumbers, different varieties of cucumbers. That's an easy one. I love it. One of my favorites. Oh, my God. I just love the cucumbers. Too incredible. Cucumbers also have an inherently distinctive individual power to them to adapting to your diseases and illness because every single plant that does adapt to it as you're growing it, so detecting what's wrong with you, how you're sick, what's going on, what's happening in your body, every single plant has a different way of handling it, a different, a different ability to shift itself for different illnesses and conditions and diseases. But cucumbers are one of the most profound, amazing, amazing fruits. Yeah, I said it, it's a fruit. People think it's a vegetable, but it's a fruit. And, you know, so that's an amazing fruit for sure. And the same with the zucchinis, the squash. Winter squash is something I like to grow. It takes a while because they, you know, they grow. It's like a pumpkin. It grows like a pumpkin, same thing. It's the same thing. It takes time. It's all in the same family. But the winter squash is one of my favorites. Powerful, healing. And here's the other thing. Get ready for this. The longer something is in your garden or in the pot you're growing. You know, you can get one of those big planter pots. <clears throat> you can do like above bed, you know, above raised garden bed, small one. If you have literally a patio that's cement or tile or just, or, or stucco or whatever those things, if you have just a patio, you can put an above, a little above, you know, a garden bed, a wooden frame, fill it with potting soil and so forth. And you can do it that way. And just, you know, get your hose out, water it when you can. There's different ways of doing it. You can actually do this. But so the cucumbers, what I like about cucumbers is the plant takes a while to grow, just like tomatoes. And the longer something's in, the more power it has to heal you, the more power it has to change your life, the more power it has to make you healthier, better, to reverse the aging process, to, to, to fix your problems physically, even emotionally. You know, in life-changing foods, I talk about all the emotional powers these foods have and spiritual powers these, food have, these foods have. If someone doesn't think a fruit or a vegetable doesn't have a spiritual ability or power, then they got a lot to learn. They got a lot to learn. I'm talk about that in Life-Changing Foods, the medical medium book, Life-Changing Foods. So the, the deal is, if something's been in that garden for a longer period of time, like winter squash, winter squash, growing all summer long and getting ready for the fall, the power the winter squash has for reversing disease is so great for reversing your condition. You're somebody with an irritated vagus nerve causing dizziness. 
You're someone with tinnitus because Epstein-Barr is causing tinnitus and ringing in your ears. You're someone with whatever, <laughs> whatever, a whole bunch of things, ear infections, sinus infections, headaches, migraines. You're somebody, whatever you got going on, well, UTIs, whatever it is, bladder infections, UTIs, what you think is yeast infections, whatever it is, whatever's going on, that winter squash, it's been growing in the garden so long, it has even more ability than in there so long. Fruit, and that's a fruit, that's a fruit. Fruit has that ability, fruit trees. You take care of your fruit tree, you got a little apple tree growing, a little pear tree growing, a little cherry tree growing, whatever it is that you're in, whatever neck of the woods you are, if you're in a warm climate, you grow an orange. If you're out in California, you can grow an orange, an avocado. You're out in Florida, you can grow an orange, an avocado. It's Arizona, you can grow different things. And sometimes avocados, you go, you know, um, Florida, you, I mean, Arizona, um, California, Hawaii, all the warm states, all the warm states, you can grow a lot of different, you know, a lot of different fruits. You can grow a lot of different fruit trees, you grow papayas, depending on where you, you know, where you are. What your you, your um, you know free zone is and everything else you can if you're zone four zone five zone six zone seven zone eight zone eight B or zone nine zone nine B zone ten zone eleven whatever it is you can learn you can plant a fruit tree and find out what zone you are grow an apple tree grow a lot of different varieties of pears you can grow so many things and what happens when you grow a fruit tree because that tree each year it's with you all year long even when the leaves fall off in the fall and you go up to that fruit tree and you touch it or you give it some water whatever it is it's reading you it's growing a fruit on it whether it's a mulberry mulberry tree pear apple it's growing a fruit persimmon right it's growing a fruit a fig and that fruit is is got information in it from years of that fruit tree being where you know that fruit tree knowing you. Now, if you pick your own fruit and you can't grow a fruit tree, but you can go to an apple orchard, go to the same one, or if you go to multiple ones, make sure you still go to those same multiple ones, and remember the tree you're picking an apple off of. Nobody knows this information. What I mean ahead of time, this is ahead of time. I'll be gone. Long gone down the road. Long gone. This podcast might exist, might still exist. Let's hope it does. We long gone. And someone somewhere down 500 years down the road, someone's going to discover that when you grow a fruit tree, the fruit tree, the plant cells of the fruit tree harbor information of your life as you're living with it for year after year. And the fruit itself, it's producing, takes that information from the tree itself, from the tree. So, you know, so, okay, so say you can't grow a fruit tree. Say you got no, no, no piece of property, you can't get a pot and put an apple tree in with, you know, like I, I tell people, plant an apple tree and a big old pot, you know, big old 50-gallon pot, fill it with dirt, plant it, let it grow. Uh, seriously, and, you know, pick an apple. You got no property, no land, just whatever. And it's the same thing. You have an apartment, but you have a little tiny patio, plant that apple tree. When you move to another apartment, um, you know, you got to hire somebody to, to, to move that apple tree. Just They have to pick it up and bring it, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And what happens, okay, what happens when you can't have an apple tree or grow an apple tree? 
to experience that one apple that has all those elevated biotics on it. So I forgot to tell you about all the elevated elevated biotics. They go deep into the ileum in the intestinal tract. They're, they, they're the thing that creates the B12. They're the very ele- elevated biotic that helps the liver create B12. It's the very elevated biotic that can change your health because on that apple that you just picked, whether you're in an orchard somewhere, and we're about to go there any second, an orchard, or you grow your own apple, and you pick that apple, and there's elevated biotics, and you take a bite into that apple, and you get those elevated biotics. They can't be destroyed by your hydrochloric acid or your stomach. But all those, all those probiotics on the shelves... All those probiotics get destroyed in the gut. All the so-called probiotic that doesn't even exist in yogurt gets destroyed in the gut. I know I just, I know I just pissed off a whole bunch of yogurt fans. All the probiotic, the soil-borne microorganisms, microorganisms that are soil-borne too, they're all, they all get destroyed. They're all weak. All the microorganisms that are in like fermented foods, they all get destroyed in the gut. I'm not, I'm, it's not that I'm against fermented foods. I write about it in book one. If you really like the taste and you like them, eat them. But, but if you think you're eating them because you think it's going to cure a gut problem, that's not going to happen because all those, all those, the fermented, the fermented microorganisms are the, uh, the fermented organisms that are actually involved and so-called probiotic that are called probiotic. Those, those are in fermented foods. Those die really easy. They die really easy. I mean, that, it, in fact, so quick, they die instantly. They die in the mouth. They actually die in the mouth before you even swallow them. But nobody, you know, no one understands this stuff. So they eat all this fermented stuff thinking they're doing themselves good. But, you know, for some fermented food, har- harbors micro- it's, uh, nutrients, minerals, and a lot of different things. So you can still eat it. I'm just saying don't be, don't be eating it because you think you're going to, you know, save your gut. What saves your gut is the undiscovered Elevated biotic that sits on a kale leaf out of your garden or freshly picked at the farmer's market. And you just bite into it and bam, you just got so much elevated biotic, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. Or on an apple when you go to the apple orchard. These are the elevated biotics that really do change your life. They stop, they stop bacteria from growing. They stop everything from growing in the gut that shouldn't be growing. And so, okay, say you can't grow an apple. You got to go to an apple orchard once in your life or to, you know, once in your life, and you pick that apple, you'll get the elevated biotics from that one time, and that one time you get the elevated biotics. I talk about it in book one, Medical Medium. Get it if you haven't gotten it yet. Get it from the library if you can't buy it, you can't afford it. doesn't matter to me. I don't care if everybody goes to the library, and they just been bang down the doors. Bring some pitchforks and bring some torches to those libraries too. Some torches, that's actually pretty funny. Bring some pitchforks and stuff and shovels, okay? And get them to, get them to order the medical medium book or something or buy a, you know, they'll just find a used one and they'll stock it and then you guys can have it. So anyway, the whole point is, you get that apple in you, it's amazing. The elevated biotic will go deep down into the gut. It won't die off. It'll create B12. It's what your ileum down there before your colon uses. I mean, it can, it can keep your appendix healthy. You can keep everything healthy. It's that important. Stop H. pylori from growing. Elevated biotics on like fresh fruits and fish, fresh berries picked. Even if it's once a lifetime, take your children to a, a farm somewhere to pick berries. If they get that in them once a year or every other year, it could be life-changing to their, to their health. Their teeth won't rot down the road because the elevated biotics will keep from the gut causing ammonia permeability and rotting out all your teeth and your children's teeth and everything else. So there's these, these things that stop this. It's amazing. Okay, back to the apple. You can't grow your own apple. Just, just say you can't. You're one of those. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's probably the majority of the people out there that just, how, how, you know, they don't have a spot. They don't have a land. They don't have whatever it is. Well, just say you can get to an apple orchard. Make sure it's the same ones or the same apple orchard. 
And I'll tell you why, too. Make sure you have your eye on a tree. Remember a tree in an apple orchard. Spend a minute with that tree in that apple orchard. Talk to it. Tell that apple tree your name. You think that's funny? Yeah, it's kind of funny. It is. It is. But it's legit and powerful, and it's life-changing. I mean life-changing. That apple tree will know who you are if you give it a minute. Can I tell you something? The, the orchard caretakers, the apple trees know the orchard caretaker. Orchard caretakers, no matter how much garbage they eat and junk they eat, they still live really healthy. And it isn't just a combination of the sun and working outside. It's because they end up eating some fruit off those trees that have known them for years. I know. I've talked to guys and, and, and gals that are actually that are orchard workers in different places around the world. And it, you know, it's unbelievable. They, get all, they eat all this bread and cheese or something. Say, I, know, I know guys in Italy that, care, that take care of grapes, but they're eating the grapes on the same grapevines that they've been eating off of years. And they talk to their grapevines and they communicate with their grapevines. And the grapevines actually adjust their food for their illness and disease, even if they're still eating like wheat and cheese or eggs, which feed viruses and bacteria and grow tumors and grow disease and grow all kinds of problems, even if they're doing that. So just know how amazing this is. So you go to that same apple tree, and you remember it. You remember the orchard. It's worth it. It's so worth it. And you talk to that apple tree. Touch it. Touch that apple tree. Touch its trunk and say, hey, I'm Cynthia. Say, hey, I'm Sarah. Say, hey, I'm Susan. Say, hi, I'm Jack. Say, you know, the, you know, can you grow an apple for me for anything you can detect in my conditions? Anything you can detect in my body, can you grow the apples for me? Can you grow them for me? Because no one else is going to do that except for the orchard guy. And he might not even do that depending on where the orchard is in the, in the world. But no, no one's going to do that. So except the guy that prunes the apple tree, and the apple tree kind of knows he's pruning it, so or she's pruning it, so she, the apple tree will just kind of adjust a little bit there. But if you do that, the apple tree will identify you because they're that smart. How smart is an apple tree? Thousands and thousands of years smart. How long do we live? Apple tree live hundreds of years. Hundreds of years in the wild if it's not chopped down by some idiot. I mean, the, the, the intelligence inside an apple tree is unbelievable. And that's the key. So that's something about growing food that you just won't hear anywhere else. I didn't want to give you the same old thing. Oh, okay, do this. Make sure your soil's this and this. Half this, half this. Make sure your pH is this. I didn't want to go into that. I didn't want to go into that. A lot of the, a lot of the gardeners and the farmers, they got a lot of that down. I wanted to go into the stuff of the real nitty-gritty, something that people just don't even know, stuff that I know, stuff that Spirit talks to me every time I'm in my garden about, stuff that I know. I, I wanted you to have that information. Like, that to me means everything. That means everything. I'm not going to give you tips and, and bore you on that. You know, I yawn. I'm not going to do that. I got I to gotta give you the straight. I got to give you the straight on all this. And this is that powerful. I can't even tell you. This is that powerful. So you visit the same apple orchard. If you visit three apple orchards, same thing with you, you do that. You do that. Same thing if you're berry picking at a, at, a, um, at a farm that opens up for berry picking. Pick the row. Try to pick a row that you always pick. 
there's going to be a better chance and talk to those plants as you're picking them. Say, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, berry plant. Thank you, blueberry plant. Thank you, raspberry plant. Thank you, strawberry plant. Hi, my name is, thank you. And I'm going to see you next year. Please keep on growing your berries for me. I'm going to see you next year. Please. And, you know, and just do that. It makes a difference. It is a profound healing difference. You can't, it can't be weighed and measured. It cannot be weighed and measured. And that's the power of that. That's how unbelievable everything about this is. So these are just some of the things. We're going to go into a bunch of other things too, and we're going to do that now. I mean, there's a lot more other things we can do, and we're going to do it. Say you have no land. Say you don't have an ability to grow anything, and you're in that kind of position. Then let's think about sprouts. You can grow sprouts. You can take lentils and sprout them. And if you're taking care of it, taking care of your lentils, you're, you're sprouting them, you know, you put them in a big bowl, you rinse them, you, I mean, you rinse them, and then you, you, you fill the bowl up with water, let them soak overnight, and by the morning time, you dump the water out, you'll see little tails sticking out of them, and then you just keep them moist, and you put a little kind of cover over them, a little blanket over the bowl, and then you rinse them a couple times a day, and put the, dump the water out, put the blanket over the bowl, and you'll see the, the tails stick out, and they'll stick out a little further, they're sprouted and all set. You can make a hummus out of that, you can take sprouted lentils, you can take lentils and sprout them. These lentils, they have communication with you. All sprouts do, whether the fenugreek sprouts, broccoli sprouts, radish sprouts. You can grow radish sprouts. You can grow all kinds of different sprouts. It's amazing what you can do with the sprouts. And they, and they harbor information. They detect, they, they detect what's going on in your life. They detect what's happening. You don't have any way to, 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 to grow anything. Get a sprouting tray or a sprouting jar and start growing sprouts. Put a little bit on your salad every day. And you're giving yourself powerful medicine. And you can use the you can use for your sprouts a little bit of the spray of not the kind of spray I'm talking about is the sea mineral solution, okay? And you can you know dilute it, get it in a little spray bottle, and spray it gently over your sprouts. In between taking care of them, watering them, and so forth, and rinsing them. But when you grow sprouts, they have communication, and they also have elevated biotics, not the same ones that the other foods have that you're growing in your garden and that are out there and all that, but they still have elevated biotics indoors, growing naturally on the sprouts that are still going to go down to the ileum and help reverse disease and, and save your liver and, and help you in so many ways. Sprouts are so nutritious and so amazing. So that's something you can grow, but you can still grow your own food. That's what this episode's about is growing your own food. So what are some of the other things? I'm sure you guys have a lot of ideas in, 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 in your thoughts and, and you're thinking about some of the things that you do grow. People ask me, can I grow corn? You know how I'm, I don't like the corn? The corn can feed viruses like the Epstein-Barr, the corn, you know, corn syrup, corn everything. These are the, you know what they did? You know what science did? Because you know what, you know what the, the whole thing with, with, with science and research, you know what they did? An alternative science? They took, they took corn syrup, GMO corn syrup, and then they, they study it, and they realize it might feed disease. So they realize it might feed cancer, it might feed things, so they come out with these studies. But then they lump GMO corn syrup to a piece of fruit that reverses cancer, that stops cancer. They, 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 they put it in the same basket. I mean, I don't know if you call it ignorance, arrogance, if you call it just selective 
you know, selective, you know, research because of funding and everything else. And you have to make your investors happy, but whatever it is. And then, then teaching that to the people who hate fruit, like all the, the leaders of the industry, health industry, and teaching them the leaders that, you know, about these little tidbits. So then these leaders who already hate fruit can go in and say, oh, fruit's bad for you. It's got sugar and it's unbelievable. Fruit is the most powerful anti-cancerous food there is. Wild blueberries, apples, peaches, plums, nectarines, mangoes, papayas, bananas, melons, all powerful citrus, oranges, grapefruits even, all powerful tangerines, mandarins, clementines, whatever, just a whole bit. It's incredible for d- disease reversing, the power, the power it has and everything. So what are some of the other things that you'd like to grow? So some people say, what about corn? Now, if I was to grow corn, I would make sure it's obviously organic. Doesn't mean it may not have been GMO contaminant or contaminated by GMO, by a GM, GMO, you know, um, pollination and so forth. How corn blows, and the seed could have some GMO contamination. But still, if you grow your own organic heirloom corn, which you can, there's heirloom varieties or older varieties from the older 1920s, 1930s that were hybridized, that's not GMO, and you grab these older varieties, or whatever it is, you grab certain varieties of corn and you, you know, seeds, and you grow your own corn. Absolutely, you can, and it's going to at least adjust to better for you, and it's not going to harm you. So if you want to grow your own corn, there's powers that the corn will have growing for you, for your conditions, it'll have the same kind of effect, where at least it will cancel out anything it might have like information to feed viruses like Epstein-Barr and anything else. And that's the only time I would say eat corn. I just worry about the amount of corn products everybody's on in different ways and so many varieties of corn in different ways and GMO corn everywhere. You got to be really careful because that's the troublemaker and corn syrup and so forth. So that's something you can grow in your garden if your heart's set upon it. I don't grow that in my garden um, when I have a garden. I don't do that when I have my little garden. So I don't, I, but, but that's something you can do. So back to the winter squash. You can grow, I, I like different varieties. I like delicata. That's one that's really potent and powerful. That's really healing. Okay. Acorn's pretty good. That's a good one too. Butternut's pretty good. Kabocha, not kombucha tea or kombucha tea or, you know, it, it, but, com, you know, kombucha squash, red curry. So red curry squash, it's another good one. Spaghetti squash is kind of, you know, that's not my favorite one, but you can, still really good for you. And then, you know, sweet dumpling, that's another one that's really good. Acorn, I might have said acorn already. So these are, these are like my favorite foods to grow in the garden, the power they have. So that's something I really love to do. Watermelon, growing watermelon, if you can. That's a fun one to grow. I have to say, and I have to be honest, it's a really fun one to grow. And all the different tomatoes, all the different cherry tomatoes. I'm totally into cherry tomatoes when I when, you know, that's a great one to grow in the garden. And, you know, so, I mean, you, the, whole, the whole thing, though, is you can grow cucumber plants right in pots, right in pots. Cucumbers are actually my favorite, actually, maybe of all. But cucumber plants you can grow right in pots. You can set them right outside on your patio, right on your back porch, anywhere. But you can do that. And cucumber plants, they're, they're probably, I mean, they're one of the easiest, and it's such a great thing you can do. So that's a whole other thing. And, and there's different greens. Pick different greens, too. You can totally go with planting a whole bunch of different types of greens, and that's always fun to do. And um, I do like that. So I like, to do, I like to choose a lot of different ones, even some that are kind of wild. Lamb quarters. I do like to grow lamb, lamb quarters. I like that one. 
Um, that one's a great one too. So these are just some options you can grow. They're very healing, very helpful, very incredible. But there's something else that happens when you grow your own food. There's something mentally and emotionally and consciously that something changes and shifts inside of you. It's like a religious experience. It's like, it's like an angel coming out of the sky every day and blesses you when you grow your own food. I mean, that touches the top of your head when you're growing your own food. It's quite amazing what happens. I've seen people transform. Their lives transform from growing just one thing in their apartment, just grow in a pot. I've seen people transform their lives and they're growing their own garden bed and they're little, you know, they have a little tiny piece of, piece of land. And so, you know, I've seen life transformational things happen because as you're taking care of your plants in any way possible, disease gets halted. It can halt. The, the power of that alone can hold back disease from occurring. Growing your own food in any capacity, the act itself, the act itself, okay, is antiviral. So growing your own food, you know how, you know how I talk about all the antivirals? Growing your own lemon balm, parsley, sage, thyme. Oh my God, those are incredible. I like growing two kinds, three kinds of parsley. I like growing... Not just flat leaf and the curly, but I like growing. There's different varieties. I like different varieties of. Then there's the sage. I love. I love that oregano. There's a bunch of varieties of oregano you can also grow. And so even if you're, I mean, God, these these oregano. You grow oregano and it comes back every year. If you grow peppermint, or a mint and it grows back, or a chocolate mint and it grows back every single year, it's got your data attached to it. Your healing, what you need to do to heal, what's in it grows for you. The power of that, it's transforming in so many ways, so healing. It's undeniable the power that it has. Can't be weighed and measured. Thank God it can't be weighed and measured because if somebody would just, would just, you know, twist it for their own, for their own reasons. And, you know, just to, to thwart us from healing because if we all heal and we're all healthy, that just makes the industries really upset. The industries crash and they're just like, no, 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 no. Everybody has to stay sick. Let's just keep on putting out a whole bunch of, whole bunch of crap and lies about different things. Keep everybody sick. So, so you, know, you can grow the herbs in the garden. That's a really powerful thing. I grow lemon balm. I do grow that as much as I can when I can. And I grow mint because I have the mint. It comes up every year. And when the mint comes up every year and it has that information in it, and you can make that mint tea and put some honey in there and mix it and squeeze some lemons in there. You have a medicine. But it's the act of gardening, the act of growing anything at all, whether it's that one fruit tree you have in your life, Every person deserves to be able to grow a fruit tree in their life and not be hammered with the lies about fruit fear and fruit that's out there. That's really evil. It's evil. Fruit's one of the most light-filled things on the planet and to help us for disease and help us and, and to keep creatures alive and animals alive and everything. Fruit is unbelievable of what it does for you. And, and then you know, idiots talk about fruit fear. And they contaminate people's minds with it. It's unbelievable what happens. And if every person should have their right to grow that one fruit tree, 
So that one fruit tree gets to know them and it can share information, but you can share information literally about who you are grows in that fruit tree. So it grows a fruit for you, whatever illness, condition, and symptom. But the mere act of, the mere participation of growing that fruit tree, that one fruit tree, okay, can change your life and transform you on a conscious level, mental level, emotional level. It can heal your soul, and it's antiviral all on its own. You know, I always say, hey, take your antiviral supplements. I write about them all in the books. They're all in the books. Medical Medium Book 1, I talk about growing your own food gardening, and it's like, but, but I'm just telling you here, what's antiviral also is participating in growing your own food or picking, picking your own food one time in your life, two times in your life, sometime in your life. That participation alone is that antiviral and that antibacterial and that healing. And you pick, you, you grow your own fruit and you pick it, you get double whammy, bam. You get two things. You grow your own fruit, fruit, and you pick it. And then you eat it. And then when you eat it, then you got that on your, then you got that going on. You get all of it. Because there's healing growing it, even if you don't eat it. Even if you didn't eat it. I know people that are growing food for their loved one. They don't like, they don't like something they're growing. I know people that hate cucumbers, but they grow them for their husband, or they grow them for their wife, or they grow them for some, they grow them for their friend, or whatever it is, and they bring them cucumbers every day. But it's just growing the cucumber has its own healing ability. And then picking the cucumber has a second healing ability. And then eating the cucumber has a third healing ability. That's what we're talking about here. Think about that. These are the things that I wanted to bring to everybody. And there's plenty more. I mean, we just run out of time every show. These are the things I wanted to bring you. You know, these are the things, the golden tickets now I call, the golden tickets. And I had a joke and, I, you know, I joke around now. I could say, I can hand you a golden ticket and you can smack it out of my hand. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm hoping you take the golden ticket. Anything, anything from that golden ticket. I just want you getting better. And everything counts. Everything. You pick one wild raspberry on the side of a road, on the side of a road, and you put it in your mouth and eat it. It's transformation. It's transformation on a physical, mental, emotional, and health soul level. You don't think our souls don't get damaged? They get damaged. This is one hard earth, planet earth. A lot of crap happens to us. Growing one piece of food, growing sprouts can reverse soul damage. And you don't think our souls can't be damaged? No, they can be damaged. <laughs> they can be damaged. And in, in healing that, just going into the garden, if you're blessed enough to have a garden or blessed enough to have a local organic farm you can enter or pick something from or go to a farmer's market where you can talk to the farmer and hear about his experience and get and get some right off there. If you're blessed enough to have any of that, and if you don't have any of that and you got to go to the store store and you got to get stuff, hold that food. It'll connect to you. Bless your heart. I love you guys. I want you to take care, and I'll see you soon on the next show.